So hello everyone and welcome back to Watch the Space, the podcast brought to you by The Young Horologist. I'm joined as ever over the power of teams by Mr Moore and Mr Ormes. How are you both doing? Outstanding fix. I'm lying in bed. The The sun is gently coming through the window and reflecting off my uh, ceramic ceramic bezel on my Seamaster. It's it's uh, it's all it's all well. It's all well. Mm, that's nice, mate. I am sitting in the dark closet right now and looking at my pitch black dark uh, fast rider watch. So exactly the bit, opposite as Cal. It's a bit darker over there. Yeah, just sounds a bit yeah. darker. Well, yeah. Felix, how how far on the spectrum of light are you? There is much of it coming through the window. That's good. Nice, yeah, which, nice sort uh, of dusk scene. It is a bit dusky. Out of which, the window. Which swatch is the light reflecting off? Look at that. That's, that's, my, that's my outlook. <laughs> not bad. That is a good view, mate. Not bad. Yeah, <laughs> that is a nice view. Yeah, not bad. It, uh, it's currently reflecting off a 34mm bright red plastic uh, quartz swatch watch. That's, it doesn't quite match the kitchen that you just showed us, but... Um, fair enough. I'm not sure if that's a kitchen. That's an office, right? Uh, that was. That's not. That no. That's just a. That's like a a, a a passageway with the staircase going down to the basement. Oh, just the basement. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's 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 pretty nice. We're gonna have to. <laughs> Starting strong, starting strong. With the give, the give swatch myself group have a sweatshop down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They just That's why keeps getting all these random swatches. Yeah, yeah, yeah they just make 51s are made downstairs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, so I, I suppose we've sort of covered off the wristwatch check. What are, what are you both, what are you, I mean, I'm asking like I don't know what you're both wearing. What are you both wearing? Seamaster, baby. I, I have been wearing the Chris Award pretty much non-stop all week. Um, and then I literally started wearing my Seamaster the other day because I see it in the box and it turns me on a little bit. And I just want to change it up. How, how are you finding the Christopher Ward? It's I, cool, it's isn't awesome. It? it really is. I think I would really like to see it on the um, metal bracelet, to be honest. Um, but I think on the on the on the canvas strap, it's really cool. I think the the only thing that annoys, and obviously we're going to put an article about this. The only thing that annoys me is the the black of the bezel. So the bezel is. Um, it's, it's it's sort of like a plasticky sort of material, isn't it? It's a different shade of black to the PVD case, and you only notice it if you look at the side of the watch. But it kind of annoys me because it's like the the continuity of the colours. Yeah, and if it's yeah. because all the photos you see, it looks like it's all the same matte black all the way through, and it's not. And it catches the light, and that annoys me a bit. But that's pretty much the only the only thing I have against watch. I think the black and orange is sick. I think the fact it's a chronometer at that price is is sick. I. Uh, the size as well, it wears really well. It's got short, stubby little logs like my short, stubby little legs. And um, it just makes the whole watch more... Stop nodding. Good, good, good parallel there. <laughs> you both literally, I just watched the camera, you both like... Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Can't but, deny uh, it. It just wears, it wears really well considering, you know, if you could have fucked it and made that a very big watch. Um, literally like a couple of millimetres on the logs and then suddenly that's like a Breitling. Um because it is a forty-two, mm. isn't it? It's a it's a forty-two, and it doesn't it doesn't wear like a forty-two. Yes, it is. Yeah, I can confirm. Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. You're right. Stumpy lugs are are the winner there for definite. It's a cool cool See, piece. That's of what gear. I say to. That's what I said 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 to all the all the girls. Just stumpy stumpy legs, stumpy lugs. That's what. That's St- what stumpy for the win. It's just. <laughs> just stumpy. Stumpy for the win. 
Good times. Um, well, what, what are we? What do um, watches? What, are, what do we want to talk about? I think I think I wanted to hear the story about the forex. Yes. So, uh, as I think I touched upon briefly in the episode last week, we have been lent the Essence Thirty Nine by Formex. And it came to me from a watch reviewer in Germany somewhere who had sized it up for his wrists, which I can only assume are literally pencils because I couldn't get it over my finger, let alone over my wrist. So, but it came with spare links. I was like, well, that's fine. They're just screw links. I'll just take a couple of links out that I need, shove a couple in, happy days. And they they came with a, uh, a little set of four spare links that were together that I obviously had to unscrew to get apart. Could I get those? Like, could I get any of those links apart to put them in the bracelet? Not a bloody chance. I tried everything under the sun. I spent this morning soaking them in WD forty and then heating them up with a creme brulee torch to try and loosen the links because that's what they had said. They said if you have a clear flame, use that. So I'm standing there outside on the driveway with a creme brulee torch, absolutely going for these links, and I still can't get them loose. I've tried everything. So um, they're going to send me some links in the post tomorrow. So I currently it's just sitting on my bedside table in the box, looking very nice, uh, not being worn. I've had it for two weeks and I've worn it approximately no times. So, uh, but it's it's good. I, I'm looking forward to wearing it, and the bracelet looks class. So it, it does it does look good. The I think the fact that you were using a creme brulee torch um, to try and loosen a watch strap is probably one of the most middle class sentences <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Um, well, I, I suppose I suppose technically it's not just a creme brulee torch. I suppose it's just like a butane. I don't know what you call it. Cigar lighter. Yeah, I mean, no less middle class, but I suppose you could also call it a cigar lighter. Yeah, but anyway, it didn't work. They had said burn, you know, burn it with a naked flame, and you might be able to loosen up the what do they call it, thread lock or something. But no luck. So, yeah, That's I. Uh, yeah. I will hopefully get a chance to wear it in the middle of the week. But uh, it's a cool piece of kit. Again, chronometer, I think it's around £1,000. You could argue it's a slightly derivative design, but I don't think it is. I think it's unique enough to not be a rip-off of... Uh... It's got a different shape to it, yeah. It's not quite an explorer. It's, it's a bit... It's got a slightly more unique shape to it, I think. And the dial is... The, the dial's really cool. It's a proper, like, yeah, hulky... it's got the lines. Yeah, and yeah. it's a proper, like, hulk green. It's cool. But, uh... Yeah, I uh, I spent the morning. I, I now smell like butane and WD forty. Nice, nice. And and nice. rage because I couldn't get those bloody links out. But it's, it's 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 not their fault, and they've been very good about it. And it's just one of those things. But uh, it's annoying because it has curved spring bars, and the the holes are so close to the side of the case that you you that the curvature of the case means you literally can't put a straight spring bar in. So I haven't even been able to just put straight spring bars in it and thread a NATO strap through to be able to wear it because of how they oh, form the end links. So I, li- that's I, interesting, I literally haven't yeah, been able to... That's, that's just a, that's a design flaw. Well, yeah, I mean, so it is a design flaw, but then also it isn't because it means that, you know, when you sometimes have a bracelet on a watch, there's a little bit of play where the bracelet meets the case and there's a little bit of, like, jingly-jangliness well, there's mm. absolutely none of it on this. It's completely solid, like an integrated, because of the fit you get from the curved spring bars. But then, obviously, yeah, me not being able to put a NATO strap on or something. 
To be fair, there is a little bit of play in the Seamaster bracelet when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's nothing much in the grand scheme of things, but it's... Yeah. It's something. Interesting. That's all relevant and interesting information put into articles. Excellent. Exactly. Look at us contributing relevant and useful information. That's the first for everything. <laughs> the first time ever. Um, but, so, yeah, that's the Formex. Um, r- review coming, coming soon. But, yeah, Ilka, I think you wanted to talk about these four rather sexual new uh, Grand Seiko yeah. seasons, didn't you? That came now, out, came out this I week. have a long history of bashing Grand Seiko mm-hmm. um, for no reason, because I purely just didn't understand them. Um, but thanks to my lovely co-hosts, they have slowly educated me on the importance of the Grand Seiko and how sophisticated and... Um, good the movements they make are um, especially the they have they have this uh, movement the 62 GS which was uh, launched in 1967 it's kind of their first automatic movement so what they've done is they've taken that same kind of that those same movements and put it into a new range of four limited edition watches which are based on uh, seasons in Japan so you've got, uh, you know, same spe- seasons as everywhere as else, but, um, you know, you've got like a pink dial for your Sakura Blossom, um, which happens in uh, a specific time of the year in Japan. I think it's in the spring. So it's, they've got like an amazing kind of pinkish white dial. I don't know if you guys are looking at the pictures right now, but it's quite amazing. Um, so they've got two iterations of this. They've got the spring drive and they've got the high beat. Personally, I like the high beat because that's you know if you look if you look a bit de- deeper into it that that movement is a bit more uh, sophisticated. Mm. Um, don't they um, high beat 36,000, 36, Yeah. Don't they grow their own quartz crystals for their? Um, yeah, they do. All of that sort of, like it's a proper piece of it's a proper thing, isn't it? Yeah. But sorry, carry on. How do you grow a quartz crystal? Uh, basically, you get a plant pot and you put it on your windowsill uh, with some soil uh, in it. And then you, you buy you a Daniel put a Wellington. Timex inside, which and then is you, quartz. you put the Daniel Wellington then, in it. And it grows up. A bit of water. Your quartz crystal. And then you have a tree covered in quartz. That's how you do it. And you have to put water twice a day. Yep. And give it no sunlight. Yeah. Because quartz yeah, is generally shit. None. Yep. Yeah. You, you were both exactly question, the same. You, you were both in exactly the same wavelength. That was quite funny to listen to. Yeah. You yeah, do okay. Get some sort of. Uh, yeah, so, I mean. I've always been thinking what would be my kind of next watch purchase. You know, you always go through these different phases of uh, exploring different brands. But for me, it's definitely got to be a, it just has to be a Grand Seiko. It just has to be. Agreed. uh, Yeah. They're retailing about, I think, 6,000, 6,000 pounds-ish, 5,500 around there, these new ones. It's insane value. Um, I don't know how hard it will be to get your hands on one because apparently it's limited, but doesn't say like it's i don't think it's additioned in terms of like numbers no uh so th- this so. was sort of my next question uh whether how much how deep you've investigated into this but say you did want to buy that how, yeah. how do you actually go about getting hold of it because i assume they're not outside of japan in terms of like boutiques or anything. well that actually i thought that but actually they've released it into the u.s market as well um, but personally, I'd want to because I you know I'm a big lover of Japan. I'd love to actually visit Japan yeah, and yeah, get this yeah. there. I wouldn't want to be an online jobby because uh, yeah. I mean just that that green dial, that green dial they have with the high beat movement. It's it's phenomenal. Um, it's forty millimeter 
watch. Nice. So perfect, perfect for my wrist. Um, yeah, it's definitely an amazing watch. Um, it it I've grown a, a new appreciation for this brand. Um, something that I never I always looked over in the past. So what what was um, what's, what's changed your heart? What's... I mean, I think it's just it's it's partly what you guys have been uh, educating me on in terms of the movement, but. Um, secondly, these new um, kind of dials, especially these colorful dials, um, have given a new flair, I think, aesthetically for Grand Seiko, which I thought wasn't there before. Um, yeah. So you, now you've got you've got a bit more of an exciting look because even like um, you know the hour hands uh, and, and and the indices, our indices, they're uh, like they're gold colored on the on the green dial. Mm. Um, which is called the Rika Rika model, which is based on early summer in Japan. Uh, yeah, it looks amazing. So they've I taken, think the yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say that they're taking quite a unique stand on the uh, on the the representation of the seasons. Yeah, because I mean, I think it's it's more a cultural thing um, right. because each of the seasons there have a unique aspect to it, from the sakura blossoms to. Um, you know the greenery that the specific type of greenery that happens, and then the the snow in winter, uh, and the time of the year it comes. I think I think it's more a cultural thing for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they also you know. have they also have uh, twenty four. They, they, they each of their four regular seasons have six phases within them, don't they? So they have. They 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 look they they have like twenty four that they follow instead of the conventional four. So I think they're sort of slowly working through. Um, yeah, because this article, that the, the Rob Report one, yeah, it details that they, they have 24 seasonal phases or seki, which are all sort of, yeah. as, as you were saying, that they all pick up on things that happen within the four seasons. So like the, the summer model with that really nice wave blue dial, it it's it represents the ripples on Japan's many lakes and ponds that shimmer in the summer sun, stuff like that. It's just cool, <laughs> isn't it? Just I just cool. love how dramatic the the Grand Seiko tip there is because it's all Japanese people riding it. It's so so dramatic. It's brilliant. Yeah, I just Made by a noble, reputable Japanese watchmaker. I just can't it's get just over the one, value as well. Guy. The value Sorry. is just mad. Like it's yeah. it's ridiculous. What five? I mean, the quality of Grand Seiko absolutely shits on anything Swiss in its price range. For definite. in that price range, yeah, for definite. Yeah. It's just not even close. And we've been saying this for years, and only now. I'm not saying that we're trendsetters. I mean, we are, but not in this particular scenario. Like now, now people are going, oh shit! Actually, Grand Seiko are serious. Why haven't we been giving them the credit they're due? And we've been going on about them for years. It's interesting. They they've just quietly been doing their own thing since the sixties, and they just haven't cared. No, they you know Grand Seeker have been. Do you remember the first reason they started with the Grand Seeker was um, to meet the high level Swiss um, high beat movements? Yeah, that was how it all kicked off. In they were never that bothered about selling into Europe or being a big deal in Europe. Is they're not really that bothered anymore. Like still not that bothered. Their thing was always how do we make watches of that category. You know to compete in yeah. that level in 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 their doers, it's when you see them in the flesh. The do you remember the dials of the old snowflake? Because I remember seeing it at um, the boutique launch in yeah, uh, Nicebridge, and you saw it in the flat. And it's it looks like the dial is made of snow. 
like the amount of different colours and textures within it is it's crazy. I, I know there's some clever, um, there's some clever way they do it, but it's yeah. uh, it's a very impressive out- outcome. Isn't it? I mean, I mean, just as an example, I mean, not that this is useless for a podcast because no, no one who's listening can see. But look at the finishing on those hands. Mm. Like even down to the GM, like the 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 quality is just completely nuts, and the quality on the applied markers like they are just it's ridiculous if you and then the watch and, apart and, and touch those hands you'd cut your fingers oh yeah start. yeah and like and and then like you have that zenith that the zenith that looks like a daytona that came out two weeks ago where the press mm. piece that got sent to monochrome watches had one of the applied markers stuck on upside down it's, like, and really? that's and that's fucking yeah let me try and while we talk about it let me try and find it because it's, it was just unbelievable um but yeah, like Grand Seiko, I know people are starting to uh, talk about them now, but they are that 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 pink uh, cherry blossom seasons collection that is definitely on my list for for watch to buy. It's just class. I mean, it's expensive, expensive watch. I mean, you've got to just maybe you, you talk about Grand Seiko in the same sort of way of buying a buying a Saab I mean these are still £6,000 watches of which are pretty hard to get hold of yeah <clears throat> yeah I'm, I'm wondering how difficult it will be to get one of these um, when they I'm come out because it's, it's, yeah. I think these new one, these new GMT ones are coming out in uh, in May because they've, they've obviously had this model uh, for a while um, it's not a new thing they're doing but the new GMT version of it is coming out in uh, in May so I will you know, there's a lot of hype around it now, and I guess people aren't traveling, so people have money to spend. So yeah, probably, yeah. probably, will yeah, be out of stock before you know it. P- potentially, exactly. There might That's be a great I'm... market for this. Yeah, look at that. Just going yeah, back to the zenith. Look at that. Oh God, it's upside down. Sorry, That's terrible. That's it. Oh no. Oh, it's as oh, bad as it. I mean, it, the thing is, people weren't that excited about that. What's to start with? And then just I know. Like, oh. It's like, although. I'd, I am coming. I am warming to it. Yeah, I was going to say if I saw it in the flesh, I think I'd feel different. Um, nah, the be, the be, the bezel <laughs> the bezel still really annoys me because it's it is just a Daytona bezel. Like it just is. It, it's it, thicker though, isn't it? It's wider. Yeah, yeah but I mean, we're splitting hair. Like, <sighs> yeah. Even where the Zenith sign is, they should put it somewhere else. Yeah, next yeah, to the five. Yeah. I would should, should put it next to the date. Yeah, and, and also, and also, four thirty date. Why? How big is it as well? That's uh, the size isn't too bad, is it? Uh, forty two. It's pretty yeah. chunky. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. No, no, forty one. Forty one. I mean, that's still big. That's a bit like if they add that thirty nine forty, then it would because it would look so big. It's got a big white dial. And then it's got the big, thick bezel. It, it would wear big, that watch, wouldn't it? And it'll be thick as fuck because it's got some big old movement in it. Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm just trying to find out what the thickness is and what the lug-to-lug is because they're the two crucial. Yeah. But then also it's a one-tenth of a second uh, chronograph. So that chronograph hand goes around like an absolute like jacked-up oh, nutcase. Yeah, yeah. It absolutely flies. Yeah. So, so the main, the main central second hand is the fast one, like the, um, like the old, the old Delphimeros. Yeah, let me try and yeah, look. Oh, see, I, d- oh, I don't know about that. Absolutely flies. I don't know about that. That would wind me up so much. 
I just uh, the, uh, you just feel bad every time you look at that watch. To be honest, like oh fuck, I wish I had a Daytona. <laughs> oh fuck, I wish I had a Daytona. <laughs> See, I would rather yeah. have an A three eight four. Having tried one yeah, on, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't even care what yeah. configuration. This one is the absolute badgers nadgers, the black one. But I would have any <laughs> three eight. Was it three eight four? I think they're class. Look at that. I mean, that's that's class. Yeah, you can. Yeah. There is Since no. you make watches like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no argument that that watches like is that. a Zenith. Yeah. That's nothing else. That's not a Daytona. Yeah. It's not a Speedy. That's a Zenith, and it's bloody cool. Does that come on a bracelet? That one. I was just about to say. Or I wonder if it comes on a bracelet because if it does, my sweet lord. Did. I swear they did a steel, the standard steel one. It, they did because it came on a on a stretch rivet Oyster Star bracelet, yeah. like the proper elastic one. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get what Zenith are trying to do. They're, they're trying to separate themselves and, you know, become their own brands. I think, you know, Zenith has disappeared into obscurity a bit because for many years they only really relied on the Al Premier and then just a load of random stuff that no one really knew about. And then they did the pilot, which was quite successful, which is quite a cool watch. And now, again, outside of that, they just didn't really have anything. So I can see why they want to reinvent a new. Elf mirror like this. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah they, they've ripped off a Daytona, but they've they've tried to make it different from the old classic Elf mirror, which like the Speedmaster just basically hasn't changed. Yeah, but that doesn't count when you rip off the other water brand. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, it's it, it. Yeah, it it's it is tricky because I I think the issue is is that a a a black tachymeter bezel isn't. It's not like that. Is, like that's. It's a very common thing. Like loads of people put black tachymeter bezels on watches, mm. and a lot of people put ceramic bezels on because that's what you use for bezels nowadays. It's just ceramic, but because of the, I think it's more the fact that I don't think that they, I don't think they've ripped it off. I think it's just unfortunate that it looks like one of the hottest watches in the world right now by a mile. So obviously people are going to go, oh, it's just a Daytona, isn't it? Because it's just... I, you, I feel like if they made a Nautilus-shaped watch, you'd say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that's a good point. <laughs> but but I, I know what you mean, but... But then I wonder whether it goes I, deeper, because the other watch that we're going to talk about later, you could argue is pretty yep. derivative, and we yep. all absolutely love it. Yep, yep, no... But I, it's a I, different I, price range, and it's, and it's you know, it's, it's also... Um, you know, a, br- a brand where you wouldn't see it as kind of like, I wouldn't say a threat, but like it's not the same. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't no. compare compare the two. I think it yeah. becomes a, a blur when you have like Zenith the underdog when you in the in the likes of Rolex trying to do that. That's mm. why it's it got a bit more hyped. The thing, the thing for me that I find mad just having thought about it, and I'm just going to check it now. How much is a Daytona at retail? Like nine. Nine probably grand? fifty-five no. US dollars, because <laughs> they just give it for free for people they like, and 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 twenty thousand dollars for ten and a half. Everyone else, okay. And then so yeah. I, I thought the retail was like ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, it's right? around ten, that. Ten, ten and it's, a half. I think it's ten to twelve thousand dollars, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's ten and a half yeah. UK. But then 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 this because I was just thinking if this Chronomaster or whatever it's called is a a, a bit of a derivative design. And it's more expensive than a Daytona. That would be the real 
shit sandwich, is but it? it's not. It's is 8,300 it? on a bracelet, this Zenith Yeah, it's, it's kind of like buying a Cayman Porsche. It's like you really wanted the Carrera, but you just couldn't afford it. So you went and bought a Cayman. And yeah, yeah. You look at your Cayman every day thinking it's a shit car because yeah. <laughs> you wish you had a Carrera. <laughs> that's an in- that is an interesting that is an interesting point isn't it, it it's it's do oh, it, is this just the option for people who want a daytona but can't get on a wait list or don't want to pay nine million pounds for one on the second hand market in the grand seiko just get grand seiko yeah yeah exactly don't buy the moral of the story is don't buy this zenith don't buy swiss go japanese <laughs> yeah, or german japanese. yeah i mean japanese the, or german the thing is Intrinsically, there is that link as well between the El Primero and the Daytona. Like, there is that link historically. There is, because all the... the, But actually, when you think of it... That's a good point, Cal. When you think of it like that, Rolex, Daytonas, ripped off and, like, pretty much had a Zenith inside it for, like, 30 years. Yeah, they used used this movement. Yeah, Yeah. And, and now Zenith is, like, struggling... And can't pay the bills, and it's like, look, mate, we're just gonna copy this design. Stay afloat. <laughs> you guys ripped off our movements for twenty years. Well, you took used our movements. We're just gonna do this, and uh, I think that's why there's no issues between the two yeah. of them now. It's kind of like you know, an exchange. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think when you look at it like that, you kind of. It's kinda a really good point. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me and as that's, well. That's kind of when you when you come back to what we'll uh, end up talking about next with the Tissot is obviously there's no link whatsoever between AP Tissot or even Gerald Genta. Like I, that's, that's, that's yeah, I can categorically say that there is no, no, there is none. There's no link at all. Speaking of, so we are talking about the Tissot PRX Paramatic 80, which also came out, well... Didn't come out because we've since realised that you can't actually buy it yet, but it got announced in the week. And they already had a quartz version of this that had been out for, I don't know, a year or two, maybe? I, I don't really know. I, I didn't even realise that they had a quartz version of it. I, I, I knew I, they had, had the quartz no version. Idea. I knew that. Yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing it and saying to someone, that's fucking perfect. Why have they put a quartz movement in it? And it's the same as Jim when they did that. Um, GMT Pepsi looking thing which was similar do you remember that a few years ago I like the the Pepsi bezel yes I do yeah I do I do the um... again awesome watch but then they they put quartz in it and it's like what are they doing and then yeah they, they just the other day they, they, they brought out the mechanical version of this and I just think it's awesome it's awesome. it is superb like the 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 fact that it has, even if you look at the fact that it has a in-house movement with 80 hours of power reserve in it for 550 quid, that alone is ridiculous value. But then also, I think they've just got, and it is a bit derivative because it's a, it, it's, you, know, you know what it's derivative of? And this is a bit controversial, but I saw this straight away. Everyone's going, oh, it's like a Royal Oak and it's like a Nautilus. It's not. It's like a Vacheron Constantin 222. Yeah, 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 isn't it? Yeah. That is what it's like, definitely. And that just that 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 highlights how thick people are who are just so quick to see an integrated bracelet in a blue dollar and go, "It's a Nautilus." Well, it's not. It's a it's a Vacheron two two two, and yeah. it's interesting that we have all shat on a bit the Zenith Chrono 
Daytona, whatever it's called, because it's derivative, as I touched on earlier. But we love this because it's derivative. And the fact is, I think the reason that is, is because it's 600 quid and it's got an 80-hour power reserve automatic movement in. And, I mean, just look at it. That dial is... I'm going to start... What do you guys think about it? Because it's obvious that I absolutely love it. The, yeah, so I agree with all that. I think the, the, the things that offer it... Uh, offer the positives, um, which the ZF might not do, is is the sheer value for money aspect, as you're saying. So, you're getting uh, a really high spec in house movement from yeah, you know, what is actually a really famous and historic Swiss brand. Like it's not like we're talking about Citizen here. You know, Tissot have been around for donkeys, and you know, vintage Tissots are very highly regarded and stuff. So, you're getting a lot bang for buck, as one would say. Um, and then, yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because the Quartz one didn't have that dial. So the dial is just straight up an AP Royal Oak. <laughs> like the yeah. little squares, that, that is straight up Royal Oak. And that makes it a little bit more tricky, but at the same time, I really quite like it anyway. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the difference. If this, if this Watts was coming in at the same price as, you know, the Gentleman Powermatic, the other one with this movement in it. Yeah, which is also a... The, Lovely looking watch. Yeah, great, great watch, but that comes in at like just over a £1,000. If this was in that same price range, it would be a lot more difficult. Yeah. But because this is coming in at 500 quid. They've got it spot on. I think a lot of people, I mean, I am, I'd, yeah, I could very much do this. Um, this. This may be the best value for money and aesthetics watch of the year. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I would agree. It'll, it'll, be to- it'll be tough to top this. This yeah. is this is as close to a perfect value for money watch. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. I, the one I, thing Swiss I would watch. Love, the one thing the satin blue finish with. is amazing. Yeah, on yeah. the dial. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting to see the live pics of it um, because I've seen some live pics and it, it does look awesome. And there's, um, I think it's worn around. One of the, one of those guys did a review in of the black dial and it looked awesome. In the blue dial looks sick as well. I think the one thing I'd love to see, which uh, from what I can see they aren't doing, is if it did have an integrated... So also I know it's integrated now, but if they could do the old switcheroo and, you know, it came with a leather strap that just went into... Oh, God. I'd, I'd, I mean, I'm literally, as you can see, I'm, I'm looking at it now with the order button there. I could so do it, but I, I just don't know when they're coming in stock and I feel like if I buy it now and I have to wait two months, it'll really piss me off, but... Yeah, it's it's funny as well. So I'm on the Chisholm Hunter website, which is one of the jewellers over in the UK where you seem to be able to pre-order it. And in the description, which I assume have been provided by Tiso, I mean, there are a couple of comments that I've got. Firstly, um, why do you need this as the reference number? T137.407.11.041.00. Yeah, look at it's that. It's fucking man. stupid. That's hilarious. It's, it's, also, like, it's like the Seekers, isn't it? I mean, well, and Amiga. And like, it's, ridic- it's ridiculous, isn't it? The other thing is, I would call that, and this is purely based on the Royal Oak, I would call that a tapisserie dial. That is the name for the dial, right? Tiso have actually gone with the, I think, much catchier name of a trendy deep blue gridded dial. Is it actually called trendy? They've said a trendy deep blue gridded dial. Don't ever use the word trendy with a watch. I know, I know. Because it makes you sound like it makes them sound like a sixty-five-year-old wrote it, trying to be down with the kids. Like, just don't. Yeah, down with the kids. That's a shame. 
They've also said that it's coordinated with a stainless steel bracelet. What do you you mean coordinated with a stainless steel? 100 meter water resistant though. I guess guess they'll watch the write off now because it's trending. I'm not. I'm Cal, not, I'm not do it. Right, right. So this, do in, it. This do is, it. Do this it. is going to be exceptional. I can, I can do it right now. Do it. This is going to be a really wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's a shame I can't request control and actually like interact with you all. <laughs> yeah, you just I just control. You should bang. do it for the listeners. You I'm buy looking, it live right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the free gifts I get. You get a spring bar tool. This is great. Anyway, so so the point is, it's, um, and this is going to sound terrible, but this summer, you know, there's going to be. I'm I'm gonna to want to be in Ibiza or Greece or somewhere, and I want to be. Mate, you're not gonna be anywhere. You're gonna be in Manchester in the cold <laughs> with, in, in July. <laughs> no, because my there's no Ibiza or Mykonos this summer. Just, just stop spreading I, COVID. You, Cal, you're a super spreader. <laughs> I have booked Mykonos. It's already happened. It's booked. It's happening. Anna's already got a vaccine or booked a vaccine. So I just need to figure out how I or can booked sell, my, <laughs> sell myself as a. Uh, so myself as a key worker, and then and then we'll be off. But anyway, the point is, going to all these sort of like clubbing. Being an estate you know, like, agent, like you could probably count yourself as a key worker, couldn't you, Cal? <laughs> I work in construction, so that's uh, essential. Real estate. I'm not real estate, estate agent. agent. I'm not. The people listening are going to think I am. Cal's a real seen. estate agent, and Felix counts bricks for a living. <laughs> and then they'll see us at Red Bar and just like, oh, who's you two, is it? Anyway, the point I was trying to make was, if you're if you're clubbing in, in Greece or something, I wouldn't ever really want to wear my Seamaster. So I remember I was in Italy a few years ago, and we were, we were clubbing at the beach and all this. And the Seamaster, it's perfect. It's perfect for it because because you know it's it's kind of flashy enough where people know what it is and they can jump in the pool and sort of fine. But I'm very scared of it getting nicked. Yeah. This thing is in my mind perfect because. You know, it looks enough like a Royal Oak in that kind of thing for everyone to go, oh, do you know, it's a Royal Oak, whatever. It's, it's waterproof, blah, blah. It'll look absolutely great with a linen shirt. It'll just, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then if I do get smashed and fall over and break it, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep. Like, if I actually broke my Seamass, right, I would cry um, for, for, for a period of time. When do you, when, in that aspect, when do you have Mickey Mouse booked? Pretty, pretty good. Sorry, that you said two things at the same time there, sorry. Sorry, when do you have Mickey Mouse booked? Uh, the third of July till the tenth of July. You, you you'll be you, oh, just my birthday. You'll be you'll be all right then because these are available as of June of this year. So uh, what? Oh, I've Yeah, yeah. June twenty twenty one. They'll be in retailers. Ah, oh, so annoying. Why is it so long? But um, um, I think it's worth noting, and I know they aren't. They aren't limited, so Tiso will probably smash out three million of these by the summer. That'd be great. But I wonder whether there's an argument for just putting the pre-order in, so that there isn't the chance of it getting to May and the first batch that they've done just selling out. Because I think these are going to be hot as hell. I think, as Ilkay said, watch of the year. I reckon. Oh, that's so annoying. So what? Literally, first delivery is June. Well, I mean, admittedly, that that was just what it said on Monochrome's review of it. June twenty twenty one, but I don't I don't know exactly. It's also interesting on the photos on retailers' websites. The top of it, because obviously it's got those. I guess they are the lugs, aren't they? There's quite a lot of clear mm. bits of case. They look a lot flatter and boxier, whereas the photo on Monochrome, which is a hands-on one, 
I think it looks so... They should... Retailers should be using Monochrome's photos instead because I think it looks absolutely... Oh, you look at this. That's the wrong... I mean, this is this has gone from having a conversation about it to me planning how and when to buy it, to be honest. Like, this has gone a bit more... Like look, at, like, look at that. How good does that look? Perfect integrated bracelet. I think it looks absolutely... Yeah. I think it looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it does look really good. And that's the black doll, which I think is the bottom of my... So that's the... It looks very good, actually, doesn't it? I mean, look at that. I I, I think the black would be my least favourite doll choice as well, but it looks gorgeous. I think I'd probably get a blue, to be honest. Yeah, I think I probably would. Oh, it (sighs) does look very good, doesn't it? Oh, uh, why does it have to be June or... We don't know anyone at Tissot, do we? Uh, no. no, I don't think we do. Uh, yeah, it looks. Yeah, that's. Mm. It looks like a J, um, JP um, Loretto, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's very interesting because I really enjoyed my time with that JP Bamford. Oh, that JP Bamford was unbelievable. I, I, yeah, I've seen a couple in the wild actually. Really? Oh, oh sorry, the GP. The rest, not the actual Bamford one. No, 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 the white Bamford one. What you seen it in the wild? Who? What? Well, not 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 really as like not 10? as in not as in in the flesh, but I've seen like I've seen it. You know, like there's a car YouTuber oh, that I watch yeah, a bit, yeah, and yeah. he's got one, and like you know, a couple of people. Yeah. Have. But no, I think I, I well, I'm going to try and get the podcast out and my review of the Tiso out both this evening. I might not be able to do both, but you will be hearing my high praises of the Tiso. Uh, either today or this coming week, because it's it's just class, isn't it? Like, it's just I've class. Got, I've, I've got to, so in the next couple of weeks, I've got to find a way to buy this and to get a vaccine. That's that's my plan for the next. Those are two weeks. very different and interesting <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah. um, to get a Pfizer vaccine and to get a PRX Tissot. Yeah. Both you, should ask, you, should, you should ask you should you should ask NHS if they can do it for you. Do both for you. Do both for me. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, oh, it just looks good. I mean, it, if we're having this conversation, this TSO conversation in general, I hadn't gone into um, their heritage line as much as I thought I had done. So I know they've got a few, you know, like that really naughty chronograph they have. Oh, what, the one that, that Cable just picked up? Yeah. My yeah. word, knew, those lines. I knew about that. So let me just let me just share my screen with you. Um, um, also, Cal, um, are you just a little bit dim, or do you have a learning disability? Because you can get a COVID vaccine now if you have a learning disability. Does that make um, you eligible? I can probably swing it. To be fair. <laughs> I can probably swing it. Um, sorry, Tito, watches. Well, I can I can say how much money I spend on watches, and they might think I'm probably <laughs> learning disability. <laughs> see the gentleman the right. gentleman is really good as well I know it's not the heritage line yeah, the gentleman is. is brilliant but why the fuck is it called the gentleman what a stupid name again oh, the heritage portal is really ugly the heritage what heritage portal those 1973s are sexual oh they but yeah so I, I know what it means so these these yeah really good mm. really 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 good and they're fully automatic the price is way too aggressive, but still really good. And also, really they will be thick. They'll be like eighteen mil thick, I reckon, because there'll be a the, uh, there'll be a modular ETA with a do you 
Wadi Pra Kronograph Modulon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's 43 wide and that much. So it's a big, chunky, chunky watch. Um, Keys and Crystal. Thickness 14, fucking hell, that's a big watch, isn't it? Yeah, fair. That's going to wear like a, that's going to wear a big, anyway, but it looks good. And then they've got like some of these, all these sort of more dressy ones. I really want that, the banana. Yeah, that chronograph, bloody hell. So it's just, I just feel like Tissot has been overlooked a bit. Okay, ah, look at these. Oh, these are so nice. Yeah, the price is a little bit punchy though, I guess, isn't it? 1,200 quid, what can you buy for 1,200 quid? You can get second hand. So yeah, maybe... You, 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 could get, you could get a very nice uh, Pie Pan constellation for about 1,200, I'd say. You could. You could, that's true. But yeah, it's, sorry, the point I was trying to make anyway was that the, the Tissot, you could tell they're a brand to mean business due to the fact they have one of these heritage lines which is just really nerdy stuff. And when a brand has that, you know that they're really looking out for their demographic in terms of pushing out stuff for the lower end and then pushing out stuff for the nerds who actually like vintage Tisa. Yeah. Interestingly as well, and I think this happened a couple of days after the Tiso Nautilus was released, um, Citizen released uh, an, a, an integrated steel sport watch vibe. And obviously, they are part of that. They're both Swatch. No, they're not. Citizen is. Who's Citizen owned Citizen's by? Citizen's like Seek or something. So they've released this. They've okay. got something similar, haven't they? Yeah. Which is similar, but the interesting thing here is when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be, um, uh, it's going to be a quartz boy, isn't it?" But they've used movements from Le Jeu Perret. Oh wow! Like That's they are nice, serious it? movements. I, 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 I yeah. Well, it's certainly auto. Um, Perret is good, but but then obviously Parade the re- nice the movement. reason the reason being is because Le Jeu Perret got bought by Citizen, what ten what, ten years ago or so. But they are serious. Yeah, I mean, they, they make they make movements for Hublot. Oh, here we go. Not that that's a good. Oh. Representation of great movements. Oh, 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 well then, let's talk about something else. And let's watch we shit. Um, so, so it is mechanical. Oh, no. Look at that. Oh, that's more interesting. I don't know if I could tell anyone that I owned a Citizen there. I'll see any problem. Well, I feel like you could, ju- but I mean, look at that dial though. That is sick. That is sick. I, 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 to be honest, this is the first time I've looked at the watch, so I don't actually know. Um, Six grand. Oh dear. Oh no. How much is it? Six thousand US. <laughs> oh man, just close that. Just close that tab, mate. Just close it right now. Are you serious? I mean, it looks like a great watch. Don't get it wrong, but oh no, nah, mate. That is a four hundred and fifty pound watch max. Six thousand. That can't. That can't. Was that a joke? Was that like a scroll up? Read, nah. read that. It's April first. <laughs> it's set to go on for sale. Retail was six thousand dollars. If you're reading this and thinking that's a lot for a citizen, it's instructive to remember that a lot of watch enthusiasts had the same thought about Grand Seiko. Oh fuck off! When <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't just look at a watch that nah, isn't Swiss that's expensive and go, oh yeah, Grand, Grand Seiko. Seiko. Right now. That is six thousand nah. pounds. No, nah, that's terrible value. I know, like, um, I think Ming Lu used Le Parade, and obviously their watches are not cheap anymore. But I didn't think that Citizen would be releasing... 
Who's going to who's yeah. going to spend six thousand quid on a citizen? Is this is this citizen trying to create their own Grand Seeker then? Is yeah. this got a different name for it? It's, uh, nah. I, I I don't think so, but that, it's a good point. Maybe it is. Maybe this is it's them probably for marketing. To... I reckon this is marketing. They're, they're not trying to sell this watch because no one's going to buy it. They can't. I reckon it's for marketing <laughs> to say that they make great watches so they can sell the three hundred pound watches. More of the, more of those. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, here it, we go. It, it oh, looks good. It it does I, look good. I have a different topic just just based on the the Perret thing. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, because I don't want to talk we, about we, this anymore. Yeah, because we because we had a bit of a reaction, and it's something that's business. been bothering me. So, what is wrong with Hublot? What is everyone's problem with Hublot? That's kind of something that's kind of because there's some Hublots I really like. I agree. Um, so I don't get why this like you know, hot horology environments and the people who claim they're horologists all hate on Hublot. I just, just come around, I, I get the limited edition problem. That's definitely something that needs to be worked on because they just release a limited ed- edition for every day of the year and that's not that's not really great because yeah. they've got more limited editions than the, their standard models. But outside of that, I mean, there's some Hublots that are so cool. I mean, the Classic Fusion looks great but the Unico is like kind of a fun watch. I like the Unico, you know? yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. I don't get what everyone's problem is with the brand. I mean, fundamentally for me, I don't really like them from a design standpoint. But that isn't a reason why I hate them because, you, you know, they're not, like, no brand is a brand for every single person out there. So I can't hate them because I don't like the designs. I I, I, I think a lot of the problem, and I don't think this is necessarily our mindset but i think a lot of the hate for hublot is because people think that if you're into watches you should hate hublot they f- i feel like it's a that's what's happening it's it's like oh well everyone at this red bar event hates hublot so i'm gonna hate hublot as well and figure out the reasons yeah. why i hate them later like, i i think a lot th- of it is that um oh, i, I think know. one of the easiest things there felix is um the reason is if you're buying a lot of them at retail, brand new, you're paying about eight grand for a watch of an ETA movement. Yeah. And I think to watch nerds, that's what pisses people off. Like how, how much... I know IWC are pretty bad for it and Panerai have been bad for it in the past, but nowhere near to that extent where they, they are essentially ETA-based movements going for that kind of money. How much it, is a classic you know, fusion at retail? At all. But to the big watch nerd, that pisses people off. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that's probably what it comes down to, I think. I, I agree, but, you know, it's been a progression with Hublot because you, if you remember 20 years ago, they were making quartz watches. Yeah. Then they moved on to these ETA mods and they've also introduced their own in-house, right? Yeah, with For the higher end. So I think I think it. they need to position the brand differently, I think. It, it should be less about limited editions, more about design of the each specific model, the movement... Um, you know, focusing on those things yeah. for the marketing. And I as think that you would change the slow down I, a bit on the limited editions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chill out. You know, I know I Amiga think, is I a bad car. Brand has a lot of potential just yeah. to, to, to remain as a because if you look at the the, the second hand market for Hublots, I mean they're just terrible. Mm. How how so how much how much is a classic fusion at retail? Like seven, you can Six or seven? Seven, eight, six, six, seven, eight, nine. But you can you can six actually get it for 
Yeah, no, they changed because they've got the forty-two, forty-five. Uh, they've got the, the they've got the they've got the time only. They've got the they've got the chrono. That's why I've uh, said all those. But uh, I think I think um, with those, you know, what I like is those uh, those ones you can actually get for three and a half grand. Now you can get it on the gray market. So you can get it for three and a half. Yeah, that's the time. Classic fusion. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at Chrono 24, 42, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at Chrono 24 now, and you can get a, you can get 40. Oh, that's a ceramic one. Okay, as an example, you can get a 42 mil classic fusion automatic in full black ceramic for five grand UK, and that's a ceramic one. So that's not even the bog. The bog standard. I've seen them for far cheaper than that. I've seen them far cheaper in in Hong Kong, especially. Yeah, Um, like I've seen them for three and a half grand, brand new, full full set. Um, really, I'm not saying it's great value for what it is because it's still ETA. But I mean, I think it's uh, you know, I think it's a brand that shouldn't be slept on. In uh, I think if less 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 limited editions, and I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, people say like, oh, it's a footballers buy that. You know, I don't. Th- what's what's wrong with a footballers buy the watch? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. Think, I think yeah. as well, it's important to remember they. They do have some seriously horticulture. Like they've got minute repeaters. Yeah, they've got like, turbions. The crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, and also their material innovation is something that people don't give them enough credit for. Like they have released, they have they have released watches made out made entirely out of like coloured sapphire. Yeah, making absolutely. something as fragile as a watch movement out of sapphire is just un is unbelievable. RM. RM was selling the same watch for two million US dollars, and Hublot released it for forty thousand pounds. Was the it exact same watch? Yeah, it's just yeah, mad. Forty grand. Um, I I can think of another reason why uh, people hate Hublot because they come out with things that look like this. All right, show me. I know he's going to show us, but show me. I think I know he's going to show us as well. Yeah. N- no, I wasn't expecting that. No, that's pretty nice, mate. If you ask me. <laughs> Depends on the event. A New Yorker, New Yorker I was going to say that. A New I mean, 100%. I mean, I mean. When you say tasteful watch design, your mind goes straight to the Hublot Big Band nah. one click steel rainbow. One well, click. The ones I don't like are like millimeter. Nice. What's it called? The Big Bang Unico. What? There's something. There's like a mix. There's like a hybrid. It's like it looks like a fake RM. You know that? You know that version? Yeah, I know exactly the one you mean. I know. I yeah. I, I oh, forgot. Um, it's called the Big Daddy Go. I don't. I don't remember the name. Um, King Gold, King Power, yeah, yeah, yeah. King, something King like Power, that. Yeah. That's a t- yeah. that's a tie. Yeah, King Power. That's that's a tie company. So, so Felix, can we um, can we just pause? So if you met me in uh, a club in Monaco and I was wearing an all white linen suit, wearing that watch, thirty nine millimeter, you wouldn't go, yeah, fair. You know what? You know what? Fair. <laughs> I think I, mean, I think obje- I, I think I'd it. go fair play. He must have. He must have absolute huge nuts to go outdoors wearing that watch. But I don't. I, you can't sit there and say that you like that watch. It's just not possible. They do make not, some stuff gonna, I like. But yeah, yeah see, I those, mean, those Unicos, I, I really don't mind. I've tried on a few Unicos, and I those watches quite. are not meant for people like us. Those are meant for like like Myanmar army generals. Like <laughs> they, they buy those. <laughs> Felix, you were not the target segment when they designed no. that watch. No, I, I agree with you. I yeah, it's a good point. But no, yeah, I, I think I think a lot could be said for uh, Hublot if they either lowered the price of their like their 
their classic fusions or if they put an in-house movement in. Because I are think they putting in-house movements in these days? I thought they probably were, weren't they? No, they are for some of them. I can't answer which ones. I think the Unicos are in-house, maybe. Yeah. I think I think one one thing just I want to point out quickly there is if you go back, Felix, onto that p- page with all the pieces on it. The if you look at the Unicos, so go down to one of the Unico chronographs. No, uh, it's not on that list. You're on Classic Fusion. You're on Classic Fusion. Yeah. But those Moonface Classic Fusions are also pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, but keep, try and find one of the Unicodes because you just went past load. I don't know which ones. You're going to have to help. I don't know which yeah, ones. Go, yeah, here you go. Those ones, those ones. These ones? Yeah. So that, that red one there, for example. That's a but, pretty, see, that's cool. pretty bold example. Yeah, that, like, that's cool. Oh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. That's no. not That's not. That's, that's not, not the Unico. standard Unico, yeah. That's like yeah, d- some... Just, yeah, just select Unico, Felix. Right. So let's see only classic fusion on there. Have they discontinued Unico? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hang on. Right. If they have, that's a shame because it has such a cool Hublot Unico. Because the thing, what I was going to say was that the, the Unico was like the Royal Oak offshore um, competitor. But the difference was it was like half the price of the actual the AP versions. So if you look and at And you, uh, you can literally change the trap the, the strap yeah. in like Oh two so, oh so that's so that so that's that little button there. Yeah, you press yeah. that it literally comes off and Ob- you can just replace it. Objectively so again, I, I don't mind good. that. And okay, they've got go. the one with the ceramic bezel, which is pretty much nicer, yeah. The the Unico with the ceramic bezel is much nicer than that one. Much nicer than the steel bezel one. I mean, as you um, said, I'm not the target market for them, and I would never even. No, you're not the target market one. for the rainbow-colored diamond <laughs> Unico. You're the target market, perhaps, for the stainless steel one. So this this here, boys. That if you think about that, is basically the competitor to the AP Royal Oak offshore. Yeah, in a way, you're still probably dropping twenty odd grand on the Royal Oak offshore, aren't you? Whereas this is you are. This is cheaper. This is brand new, I assume. And I think it's down to the person, like you know, what what you think suits you, and um, I I just I just think people shouldn't give into social stigma on this topic. Oh, that's speedy! Look at those creamy yeah, nice hour it. markers. It's uh, from '96. Oh, we yeah, is is is, I, is that I, is that birth year for you? Or are you are you '95 or '96? I'm '96. Oh, so it's birth year as well. I'm 95. I think the thing for me is that Hublot have the same issue, and it is probably because of movement and marketing, whatever. They have the same issue as Panerai in terms of people always go, oh, well, I could probably buy, I could probably justify Panerai, but I would never buy one new. Because Mm. you just go on to Chrono24 as an example and pick one up for, you know, £3.50 in a pack of hobnobs. Because you're you you know that they depreciate like crazy if you buy one at retail. So interesting yeah. that one there was just on. I saw exactly that model go <laughs> for fifteen grand. So that's lost five grand for second hand. Yeah. Right. It is cool. Like, well, don't tell me you wouldn't wear that and think that's cool. Because I would wear that and think that's cool. I would. I would yeah. rather. I'd rather wear a Daniel Wellington on both wrists than wear that. <sighs> no. Huh. No. 
it's definitely a conversation. It's definitely a conversation when you see someone wearing that. Yeah, that's what I, mean. I, I just think I'm not gonna wear that to a black tie event, you know. I'm gonna wear that when I want to be a dick. Like that is. Well, of course not, Cal. Who invites you to black tie events? I've been to loads of black tie events. Yeah, yeah. That's what you wear to a black tie event. That's what you wear. Yeah, I, 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 they just, they just don't do it for me. I, I, I... No, fair enough. I, it's, it's, it's said. It's what you'd wear. It a beach party in Mykonos when you have so much money you don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. That's that's, exactly. that's where we're, and that's where I think it's perfect for it. The other the, the other thing that puts me off them is that um, uh, Pride and Pinion have a YouTube channel, which if if you or the people listening haven't checked out, you should because he is the guy who presents it, who owns the company, is hilarious, and he absolutely hates Hublot with a deep fiery passion, and um, he and a couple of others pronounce it Hublot. And now every every time I think of Hublot, I say Hublot, and it just devalues them even more when I call them Hublot. Yeah. Hublot and Richard Mile. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it, it's weird, because what makes Richard Mille so different from Hublot? What, it, it's just the price range, mate. It, you know, it's just the price range. You know, like once you price something, I reckon if Hublot's are priced like, 60, 80, 60 to 80 grand for like those classic fusions everyone would be talking about it differently maybe maybe yeah because there know. isn't anything I know the materials Rich and Melee go a bit hard a bit more hardcore on like they yeah just have, but like even that mate, like it probably costs them like a grand to make a watch yeah yeah, yeah. the movements are all in house of Rich and Melee mind that's a big difference yeah yeah there isn't a single melee with Richard, a, uh, Richard melee. melee. Yeah, with a salita in it. <laughs> they're they're not they don't do it for me anymore. They, I think it's just the RM oh five oh oh five. It's I know the one you're talking about. And yeah. a thirty, those very simple ones, mm. time only. Oh, mm. ended with a date. Yeah. Um, those ones are cool. The the Philippe Massa chronographs, the Yon Blakes. Those are a bit just too much. I mean, I like the Bubba Watson. I would say, okay, you said for since we were about 16, the Bubba Watson was one of your favorite watches ever made. Yeah, I mean, I'll never not like the Bubba Watson, but it's literally impossible to get one. They've gone up, the value's gone up by like 100,000. Yeah, so aren't like, they like 300 can, grand or something? Yeah, I think they're going for like two, two, 200 now. Yeah. They were, yeah. were retail was like 100. They're going up for like 100, 200 now, something like that. It's crazy. I would, I'd just like to quickly share a story for the listeners that aren't my mom and dad. Um, Ilkay came to London a few years ago and um, Ilkay taught me sort of a valuable lesson about uh, how you how you carry yourself. In uh, Ilkay Stewart and I went into Harrods and I just remember, I was like, oh, oh fucking hell, better put a shirt on and, and you know, to have a shave and all this. Ilkay was... He was he was basically explaining the idea that if you make too much of an effort, people don't believe you. Wilco was wearing like comfy <laughs> pants and a t shirt, and we walked into Rich Melee, and Wilco basically was at the point where the person thought we were going to buy a Rich Melee. Like, I mean, no, I was just like, but I but I told the guy, I told the guy, look, man, we're just like looking into it. I mean, obviously, don't waste his time or lead him on too much, but we we were just curious about the watches, and he he, I mean, I think the way we held ourselves that day. They probably thought like, "Oh, mate, these guys are gonna like empty he, the shop right now." He did. Then, <laughs> he did. That. He did. And he was freaking out. He I, was I out went to Nando's after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, literally. 
<laughs> we were like 18, probably 18, 19. Not yeah, that was that I'm was still at university. I think that I think that was 2016. We were probably 20, 2021, 20, around that time. Yeah, yeah, 1920, yeah. Um, yeah, that was funny, man. Oh, I, that was a nice guy. I still remember him. I think Struan and I actually kept in touch with that guy um, for yeah, a year or two until he left. After just just as on on a social level, he yeah he was he was he was really keen that day. But I mean, I think I think I think it it just applies to any. You know whether you're going to whether you're just exploring um you don't want to waste the, the salesman's time too much as well of course not because they're you know they're they're working but whether you're looking to buy a watch or just exploring i think you know you just go in like you know what you're talking about and um a bit of confidence in your approach yeah then you treat it with a bit more respect as opposed to you know sometimes you walk into a place and they just like don't pay you mind mind of day mm. um I think it just depends on how you. It's it's nothing to do with you know looking like you're wealthy or you can, yeah. you 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 wearing a nice watch and a nice outfit. It's nothing to do with that. You just you just have to walk in and and you know be curious. You know, yeah, be definitely. curious. Definitely. Uh, that that that's the lesson you taught me that day. Okay. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. It was a great. It was definitely a great experience we had. Uh, yeah, there and for me, London was as you know. Being in Hong Kong for all those years, I got a lot of exposure through auction houses and, you know, different arcades around town with uh, different used watches. So I got to see a lot of amazing things. But when I went to London and went to Harrods and Burlington Arcade, I got a different flair. Um, so that was that was definitely a great experience for me. And it was that same trip where I actually where I actually saw a, a Nautilus Moonface uh, in store at retail and. Obviously couldn't afford it, but at the time, uh, uh, it was the Bond Street Pate Boutique, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had the full diamond one for three hundred fifty grand, and the the Moon Phase one. So it was either that or that. So, <laughs> so yeah. Blimey. I, I, I they're holding it for me, but I, I I told them they can give it to Drake. So i i i i i i gave it back they didn't give me my deposit back but yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) hundred thousand pound deposit um yeah no it's it's definitely it's definitely very interesting experience but i think for me also for the uk um the uk aspect i'm starting to appreciate um those hidden gems a bit more um especially like in the used watch market because i think in the uk you've got definitely a lot of serious collectors and you find things come up on the used watch market that you hardly ever see uh, in other places because i think it's very uh, geographic specific sometimes watches you find um in, in stores especially yeah uh, you know from the, from the window mm. uh in, in hong kong you kind of find the same you know royal oak daytona gold same vibe the whole old time because that's the market right I don't know. When I was in London, I, I kind of saw some a, a bit more interesting things. You know, I saw like Stella, Stella Dial, uh, Rolexes. Um, yeah, just very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking on this on on this topic. Um, you know, one thing I think you know, if you're gonna jump into buying a watch that costs a lot, when you're talking that like thirty, sixty, sub hundred k range, but you know, more than thirty grand, 
These old Daytonas, like the six two three three nine. Yeah, yeah. They literally, they literally sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, sixty yeah. sixty. So it's it's very very expensive. But when you compare them to the value of like what the Paul Newmans are going for right now, I mean, I think those are, you know, why would you buy an RM right when you can get a six two three nine? I mean, it's a completely different market. But yeah, it's you know, I'm just saying yeah. on a pure value, pure, pure value level. Well, I almost those, think those those non Paul Newman dial. Uh, Daytona's are actually better. I almost think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the one time I've have seen I've seen I've seen my favorite artist who I, who I, fortunately I got to meet, uh, and I'm still in contact with him sometimes. A guy called Cause. He's like literally my favorite kind of yeah, contemporary so cool. artist. And and he's got uh, he actually wears a non Paul Newman uh, Daytona. I think he's got. It's better. He's got six two six five. Uh, I think it's with the, with the yeah. red stamp. Yeah, yeah, with yep. the big red, and it look it just looks amazing. You just always see it uh, when, uh, whenever you see a picture of him, him that's wearing it. cool it's the same watch, and like for me, that's that's becoming one of my favorite watches. Like either the six two three nine, the six two six five, those non Paul yeah. Newman Daytonas. I'm looking. There. I feel like they're underrated. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking at a six two three nine here on Chrono Twenty Four. It's in bloody good nick. Uh, £37,000. Non-Paul Newman. Non-Paul Newman. Yeah, look. Let me... Non-Paul Newman. £37,000. £37,000 yeah. for a 6239. And, and you... Yeah, that's you know, right. Look at that. That's fantastic. I think that's better than Paul Newman. That's definitely better than Paul Newman. And it's gorgeous. And it, it looks Paul so Newman's. amazing. Yeah. It's in cracking there. But, you I mean, know, you know what's interesting? Like, questionable, but... I think that, yeah, yeah you're right. So- the value is... The value is mad. And also pre-Daytoners... The, 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 what are they called? The Killy? No, the, the... Yeah, pre-Daytonas. Yeah, these don't get enough love Those either. Yeah. They're, think... they're just really old. That's the problem, isn't it? You've got to be careful with... Yeah. You, there you, from like the I would definitely put a leather strap on the... Yeah. If I were to get these uh, yeah. non-Paul Newman Daytonas. Oh, that's what I would go for. That's what... Holy shit. Th- this is what I'd go for. This is, a, this is a Zenith Daytona, full gold. It's still got stickers on. Jesus. Wow. So it's not just second-hand stickers. So, so when, you know, it's a completely different market, but when you look at actual, like, absolute value of these things, I look at, like, you know, what these, you know, grey market Nautiluses are going for, what these RMs are yeah, going yeah, for. Yeah. And I look at, and I look at, I look at these 6239s, I look at the 6265s, I look at all these Zenith-era Daytonas, and I feel like, well, if you're going to spend that kind of money, you should at least own a piece of history, right? Yeah, that's definitely. Kind of, that's kind of where I stand. Mm. Um yeah, I agree. And it, it, it's, I just think those things age better. The reason they're so um, classic now and so iconic now is because the design was so ageless back then. And I yeah. just wonder if you know the kind of fad of some of these big Nautiluses, and you just wonder if they don't age quite as well. Whereas you know, even if the bubble does burst a bit, uh, as, as you said, a six two six four non Paul Newman is still going to be fucking cool in about ten years we're, time. Because we're we're still talking about. It. I mean, people yeah. in the seventies were talking about it, and now look Correct. at us, people born in the nineties. Now we're we're still talking about yeah. it. So I think it will be passed down generation to generation, especially that era of the seventies. Yeah. What they did, uh, what Rolex did the, in that era. Now I don't, I don't want us to be the Rolex podcast. I mean, we kind of brought it up again, but um, <laughs> the this they're not going to sell three watches. You know, yeah, I think I personally feel that that's you know for absolute value, that's the kind of what you go for. Yeah, non-Paul Those, Newman, um, Dal Daytona, definitely. 
Definitely. Those Zenith movement Daytonas, like the the ones from like the early two thousands, I think they're brilliant as well. Yeah, those are those are a special era. Yeah. Um, but I guess yeah. they're probably pretty expensive these days, aren't they? They've definitely gone up, especially the steel. Obviously, the steel uh, Zenith Daytonas yeah. worth uh, worth worth a heck of a yeah. lot right now. I was gonna say I thought they put. I, I remember there was one point where they was they were sort of like. I remember seeing a bimetal one in really good nick, box papers, everything. And it was like 13, 14 grand. And but, I was like, But that's Jesus. so interesting you say that because the bimetal ones have always been the best priced um, yeah. out of all Daytonas. Maybe it's because of the, the demand. It's probably not as much. I um, think that's, I think not as many people want bimetal. I think bimetal is yeah. the awkward yeah. in between. Yeah, it's like, oh, mate, you really want, you want gold, but you're not, you're not quite there, you know. Yeah, so, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just and uh, I'm just, I'm just on Corona Twenty Four now, looking at those Vacheron Constantine overseas, and I think the time awesome. only one. Awesome. That is, yeah. I rather, I mean, you you gotta start with the PRX, as we said, exactly, and then move on to that. <laughs> then move on to it's it's a logical step. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? If we want to have. This uh, Vacheron in, in in sort of in the context of talking about value for money, the uh, one of the guys uh, from work who 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 I talk very regularly about with watches, he's a massive advocate and he's showed me uh, very very clearly how you can get some outrageous deals on vintage Vacheron, vintage JLC, um, all, all these like big serious serious like previous holy trinity kind of brands you can find these older time only dress watches you know really classic 36 mil 35 mil dress watches all in-house jlc all in-house vacheron going for like under two grand oh yeah comfortably so bought, yeah, yeah yeah he he bought the other day uh and he, he sent me the ebay link he bought it on ebay which i guess is pretty fucking risky but whatever he he bought this vacheron time only sort of um, kind of tonu shaped dress watch for twelve hundred quid, and you know you look at wow. the movements and it's got you know the Geneva seal and all all the whatever it's called the Costa whatever it's called Code de Genève all the that's one yeah it's got all that like serious serious in house top of the range Swiss yeah. piece of horological history in that you're buying it for for the price of uh, a Tissot heritage yeah it's insane. So I just wonder if you know maybe instead of getting uh, instead of getting this Tissot um, PRX and in, in in wearing it whilst I party me Mykonos after I get my vaccine, wonder if you know I'd just be a responsible adult, and, you know, buy like an old Leonidas or something, you know, something with with great. Because I'm a vintage guy through and through. I know I know how much I just haven't got the money to buy the vintages I want. Like when I put on my chrono stuff, I'm like, this makes me aroused. Yeah. It's just that old school, like classic, classic design. But obviously, you've got to spend huge money, and you, you can't wear them at clubs and. See, look at that. We have given in this episode two, three bits at least of genuinely useful bars advice. <laughs> buy the PRX, buy vintage Vacheron, and buy non-Paul Newman vintage Daytonas. Yeah, I think I think that's three very good pieces of advice. I think that should be the we title, Felix. We should, we should uh, start a watch fund. I mean, this is like jams we're giving out right now. We should start one, actually. Yeah, we should. We might I have to delete this episode. 
yeah, yeah. I think we're giving <laughs> yeah. too much market insight away. Well, I, I, th- I think we should probably... Uh, there was one more watch that I wanted to talk about, but I think we saved that for next week. Um, yeah, good. Just because I think we're at one, uh, one, one hour and 12 minutes, so I think we should probably wrap up. Um, but, oh, I think that was a cracking episode. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that was really good. I think, cracking. I think there have been some good releases this week. Lots of stuff to talk about. And... Yeah, I'd, we we've got no guest coming up for coming on for the episode next week, as far as I know. So it'll just be us three jumping on to talk more about watches. Um, the watch yeah. I wanted to talk about, and we will talk about next week, is the tribute to the IWC thirty seven oh five that came out this week because uh, I think yeah. that is cool yeah. as tits. Oh, fantastic! Um, so we'll talk about that Good and chat. some other stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you both for coming on. Hope you enjoy your Sunday evenings. Whatever you have planned. always talking about watches with you two boys. It's been very good fun. Absolutely. Pleasure as always. I now know that I'm not going to pre order and wait three months for that tissel. That's really annoying. Shocker. I thought, I, thought, I thought you were going to I thought you were going to order. I was going to do it, but I don't want to wait three months. That's uh, I mean I mean I yeah. might pre order in three months, you know, like a week before they're released. You, you'll you tell us next week what you yeah. decided. <laughs> True. True. Oh, right. been absolute pleasure as always yeah cheers chaps great hello everyone Felix here uh, we realised following finishing the recording of the episode on Sunday that none of us did an outro so I just wanted to thank everyone for listening uh, and especially for the positive feedback that we've had on last week's episode that we did with Nicholas from Fears that seems to be going down very well if you haven't listened to that go and give that a listen it's a cracking episode Uh, And thank you for listening to this week's episode. Um, Please go and check us out on Instagram at The Young Horologist and the website uh, at www.theyounghorologist.com. We're posting two or three articles a week uh, and all of the podcasts are going up on there as well if you want to listen to them through there. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for another episode next week.